Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Your passion for architecture will exceed your expectations when you have a thriving business to fuel that passion. Build a better business, be a better architect. Well, a thriving business starts with planning for profit. Download your free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. You're listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 199. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Our prospective clients learn with their heads but decide with their hearts. After years of research and gathering information, often when a client chooses to work with an architect, it simply comes down to their feelings. They choose their team by deciding who they like the most. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, using emotions to market your architecture firm. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto. And I'm going to share a little bit more about each one of these companies later in the show. But before we get started here, just take a quick note. Just take a quick, quick note. Go grab a pencil. 
and schedule some time this week. I, I really want you to do this. Go grab a pencil, schedule some time this week to go visit each one of them. FreshBooks, BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto, and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us, the Entree Architect community. I'm sure you, you've encountered this situation where emotions take over and the decisions are made with somebody's heart, right? You see it happen with your own clients. You see it with yourself, right? When you're making, making uh, big decisions, how much of that decision is being made uh, and, dis and decided by the way you feel, right? Whether you like something or not. Uh, Antonio Damasio, a professor of neuroscience at the University of Southern California, argues that emotion is a necessary ingredient to almost all decisions. When we are confronted with a decision, emotions from previous related experiences affix values to the options we are considering, right? So the emotions are affixed to those. These emotions create preferences which lead to our decision. That's a quote from Antonio Damasio. Um, that's, why, that's why storytelling is so powerful, right? When, when developing a marketing strategy, stories trigger memories and feelings. So when you're telling a story, when you're working with story, you've heard us talk about story before here at the Entree Architect podcast. Um, you hear story all throughout podcasting. People are talking about the power of story and, and how story uh, is, a, is a powerful tool when marketing your firm and trying to get ideas spread. Story is critical, right? Why is that? Because stories evoke motion. They, 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 um, they, they attach uh, memories and feelings of things that you've experienced in your past life um, and affix it to, those, to those, the stories that you're hearing. And so while you're putting together marketing, right? We're talking about marketing in this podcast and using emotions for, um, for marketing. Think about how stories are, are working. With, with this sort of knowledge, how can we craft a branding and strategy, uh, a marketing strategy that is based on emotion? Thinking about how our stories, our branding, our marketing are triggered by emotions. Telling your unique story is your first step, right? Your unique story is so critical. When developing a complete strategy based on emotional marketing, there are four, four fundamentals that matter most in trying to develop a marketing strategy by using emotion, right? So I'm gonna go through those four uh, fundamentals of emotional marketing uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about them. So the first one is knowing who we serve matters, right? You've heard me talk about target marketing before. Here we go, it's right back again. When, when you, I hear architects talk about that they don't wanna have a specific target market that they wanna sort of serve the world and they wanna do all kinds of different architecture, different types of services and different types of people and they don't wanna focus on one specific target market. Here's another reason why you should be focused on a specific target market. Because without knowing whom we serve, how can we ever have an idea on how to emotionally connect with that group, right? So if you if you don't connect, if you don't pick a target, you don't have a community that you can now learn and understand, and understand the emotions that connect with that, right? Mark marketing always begins with understanding your target market. Who are they? Where do they work and play? What makes them happy, right? What triggers emotions? What makes them happy? What are they trying to achieve when, when hiring an architect? What is that specific thing are they trying to achieve? 
is it just a building permit, right? Or is it a healthier, happier place to raise their family? There are different priorities, there ain't. If it's just a building permit, you know, that's one set of emotions, right? They just, they probably don't even want to be dealing with you right now, right? So there's one emotion right there. Or are they, or have they thought about this for a long time and they want to modify their, their, their house to create a healthier, happier place to raise their family? Very different emotion, right? So if you understand the people that you're serving, well, then you can understand their emotions. So the first fundamental in, in developing an emotional um, strategy for marketing is knowing who we serve matters, right? So there's four of these fundamentals that matter. First one is knowing who we serve matters. Hey, let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. With their support, we can do what we're doing. So make sure you go reach out to them and say thank you. FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And my favorite feature in FreshBooks, I've said this over and over again, and I love it, it is the automated invoice reminders. And I think sending invoices and getting paid might be one of the biggest barriers to our success as entrepreneur architects, right? Because who has the time? Who has the time to send invoices out? Well, FreshBooks makes it so easy to send out invoices and get paid online with a click of a button. And when your client doesn't pay you on time, and how often is that, like forever, FreshBooks will send them you know, a friendly email reminder automatically through a simple system that you control. Sign up free for 30 days unrestricted and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, my favorite, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to get access to FreshBooks for free. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at the Entree Architect community is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? Well, today's podcast is sponsored by BQE Software. They're the makers of the award-winning BQE Core. I want you to try out Core. Core puts project management, business intelligence, billing, time, and expense tracking, and accounting all together on one intuitive, powerful platform. With its cloud platform and mobile apps, Core lets you manage people, projects, and profits from anywhere. And you can get a fully functional 15-day trial of Core. Go check it out. 15 free days. Go try it at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. RCAT is a great tool for small firm architects. RCAT has huge libraries online of free content, CAD, BIM, specifications, and much more. And they have done all the work for you. You need a spec, click on over there, download the CSI three-part specification in multiple file formats, however you want it, they've got it and it's free. How about CAD details or BIM objects? All free at the click of a mouse. RCAT has tons of building product content ready for you to use. It's all completely free and you don't even have to register to download the content. It's there waiting for you. It makes your life so easy. And have you checked out their free collaboration tool, Charette? 
Charette is a tool for sharing and collaborating with your colleagues and clients in real time. And yes, it's free too. You can upload photos and files, share specs, product information directly from the RCAT database, as well as from anywhere else on the internet. Visit RCAT and click the Charette icon right there on the homepage. And like everything offered by RCAT, Charette, yes, Charette is free too. What is stopping you from going over to RCAT and checking out what they have? They Everything you need, it's sitting right there waiting for you. RCAT has it. Visit entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, A-R-C-A-T. Payroll and benefits. Ah, that makes my spine hurt. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business like us small firm entrepreneur architects. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does all the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service for your team. To help support the Entree Architect podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. And don't, don't, listen up. This is, this is a great deal. Sign up today and you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. So go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto, G-U-S-T-O, entrearchitect.com slash gusto, and claim your free three months of gusto. FreshBooks, BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. The second one is sensorial experiences matter, right? Sensorial uh, experiences matter. Senses, our senses. What does an architect do, right? What does an architect do? When answering this question, think beyond the traditional description of our services and develop strategies and services that are experienced with every sense, right? That, and that sort of doesn't make any sense, right? We're going to market our services. It's going to be visual, right? We're going to send somebody a proposal and they're going to read it, right? But what if we start using some of these new technologies, uh, artificial reality or virtual reality tools that will allow our clients to visually and orally uh, experience inside our design. We'll be able to, to walk them right into a house that we've designed or right into a building that we've designed uh, and, and have them walk through that space. Imagine the senses that they would then feel the the uh, the experiences that they will feel through VR, um, you know they see it obviously. Uh, they'll they'll potentially feel it in the in the future. Um, maybe you can even figure out a way to make them smell the way that the project might smell. Think about the different ways that you can you can trigger the senses of an exp- of someone to uh, market to them. Right? Here's an idea. Think about this. When presenting your next set of schematic designs. So you've gone through the process, you have the job, and now you're designing and you're you're bringing your designs to that client, right? What if you walked into that meeting with a basket of freshly baked cookies, like warm cookies, right? Chocolate chip cookies, the smell of that, of that, of the amazingly warm, I bet you can smell them right now, right? You know what that smells like those freshly baked cookies. Imagine if you 
have the drawings tucked under one arm, and in your other hand, you have a basket of freshly baked, warm chocolate chip cookies, right? With that unexpected delight for the nose and the mouth, right? Do you think that your client's going to remember that meeting? Right? Do you think they're going to want to share that meeting and then that experience with everybody they know? They're going to talk about it with every one of their friends. Uh, they're going to uh, share that experience and they're going to remember that experience forever, right? And they're probably going to have a very positive feeling as they start moving through your project uh, because now they're going to be happy and, and emotionally, you know, in a warm, comfortable place as they're about to see the schematic designs that you're presenting to them. You could do that with p potential clients too. Walk into a, a client that's for your first meeting, imagine that, walking into a, a first interview with a basket of warm cookies, right? Imagine how, they, how you would be separated from everybody else and they would no doubt remember that meeting. So senses, how can we use our senses, our sense of uh, taste and smell uh, and sight and, and, and uh, touch, right? All of these different senses that we have, how can we uh, use a strategy in everything we do from a marketing point of view uh, to use these senses? Because sensorial experiences matter when you're talking about uh, using emotion to market your firm, right? If you're looking for people to make a decision to hire you as an architect, senses matter, right? It's going to, going to change the way people perceive you uh, when they're they're experiencing your visit in more ways than just the conversation through what they're hearing and what they're seeing. So that's the second one. Sensorial experiences matter. So think about that. Okay, so the third fundamental when dealing with emotional uh, marketing, an imaginative approach matters. And, and we are experts, right? We are experts in using imaginative systems we are, we are architects, we are design experts. We use our imagination for a living, right? So imaginative systems and strategies make the process more real for our clients. When providing products and services in unexpected ways using your imagination, we trigger an emotion within our client's mind, right? How can we design our websites to better serve our clients in interesting and memorable ways, right? What if we, we, uh, we, we uh, modified our boring proposals and our agreements, our, our legal documents that everybody expects to be long and boring and ugly looking? What if we created them to, to send a message of creativity from the very first point of contact? What if our proposals and our legal agreements are beautiful, right? They still do the same thing. They still have the same language, but they're beautiful and they're easy to read, right? That's sort of the idea behind the hybrid proposal and how we've developed the hybrid proposal uh, to, to be more user-friendly, right? It's not quite as extreme as, as making them beautiful. I wouldn't suggest that they're beautiful, but they're definitely more pleasing to look at and much more friendly than a typical legal document. But what if we did make them more beautiful? What if we did design our legal agreements um, in a graphic design way? That, so they look better, they look more beautiful, and they trigger some emotion inside you other than fear, which is typically, right? What is the typical emotion that's associated with legal documents, typically fear, right? And so what if you designed them in a way to make people smile when the first time they see those legal documents, it makes them smile or chuckle or makes them happy, but it's the same legal documents. They still protect you the same way. Um, 
what if uh, I'm developing boring technical drawings uh, for a permit, right? What can we do there? What, what can I do to, to make those documents more uh, beautiful? Uh, how, how can you manage the emotional uh, impact, the emotional experience uh, through your drawings and your designs? What are some ways that you can uh, improve the lives of your clients through your imagination? Let's, let's look at the ways we uh, connect with our clients, connect with our, uh, potentially our consultants our, and our contractors and anybody else who might spread the word about what we do. When those people see the way we do things, that we do them differently than everybody else, um, and it, maybe it makes the process more smooth, or maybe it's just more fun. Um, it's just using your imagination to take your services and the things that you do to the next level. People talk about that. And there will be an emotional connection. There will be an emotion tied to each one of those uh, imaginative approaches. And people will remember you and will talk about you. And they'll spread the word about your firm and what you do and the experience that they've experienced through working with you. So number three, an imaginative approach matters when working with an emotional marketing strategy. And the last one, the last final, the final uh, fundamental in working with uh emotion when marketing your architecture firm the words the words we use matter the words we use matter in our branding in our messaging and throughout all of our communication the words we use will cause our clients to feel one way or in another right they're going to read something and they're going to have a feeling so the words we use matter as a residential architect that's what i do i'm a residential architect the words that I use in my in my written communication and my and my verbal communication when I'm meeting with somebody matter, right? As a residential architect, am I designing a house or am I creating a home? Right? Am I designing a house or am I creating a home? Can you see the difference between those? Basically the same thing, right? But one is uh, more function, more technical. You know, a house has a function. A home is filled with feeling and love, right? When you hear the word home, there's an association to certain emotions. When you think of designing a house, it's much more technical. Um, home is more emotional. With the intentional selection of every word that we use, we can find new ways to be uh, the architects that our clients want to choose, right? So if we're, we're more intentional about every word we speak, and every word we write, uh, and we're we're trying to uh, trigger an emotion with the words that we're using. You can write things in one way or another. The cover letter that you've developed, that you send with your proposal, those words matter. The words that you use when you first uh, interview with a potential client, those words really matter, right? You're going to make those people feel one way or another. And it's that first impression that matters, right? That's what matters so much. Those first words that you use matter. The words on your website matter, right? You're telling a specific um, message on your website. It needs to be very clear and concise and it needs to trigger the right emotions, right? So it's not just a portfolio and a bunch of technical functional you know, jargon on our website. Those words matter. You need to be what those people are looking for, and you need to trigger the emotions that are going to help you make those decisions. So those are the four, those are the four 
fundamentals of marketing by using emotions. Um, number one, knowing who you serve matters. Target market. Number two, sensorial experiences. Using all of the senses uh, that, that uh, we have matters. An imaginative approach matters. And the fourth one is the words we use matter. So I love this information. I love the idea of marketing by using emotion. Uh, I have two great books that I've, I've, I've had over the years. They're actually relatively uh, older books at this point, but they're really, really good. The first one is Emotional Branding by Mark Gobe or Mark Gobe, uh, G-O-B-E. Uh, the Paradigm for Connecting Brands to People, Emotional Branding. That's the first book. Uh, and we'll have both of these books on the show notes with links to them uh, to Amazon so you can so you can pick them up. The second one, which is one of my favorite books of all time, one of the one of the, the, the first books that sort of made me start thinking about the way the psychology of selling and the psychology of marketing. Um, one of my favorite books is Why We Buy. The Science of Shopping by Paco Underhill. I wish Paco Underhill has written more books. He has written uh, additional books since Why We Buy. Uh, not as good as the first Why We Buy. Um, I highly recommend Why We Buy, The Science of Shopping. It's very, very interesting about the psychology of why we buy uh, and, and what you can do to um, uh, improve the way that you're selling your architecture firm. It's not an architecture firm book. It's more based about retail, but it's super interesting why We Buy the Science of Shopping by Paco Underhill. Both of those books will be on the show notes at entrearchitect.com slash episode 199. Hey, if you liked what we shared on this episode, I ask you to do one thing for me, just one favor, share it with a friend. This is a short episode, but I think there's a lot of value here. Uh, when we're talking about emotional marketing, it sort of makes you think about the way you're marketing and messaging to your clients in a different way, right? It's different than what we typically do. So if you liked it, maybe a friend would like it. So entrearchitect.com slash episode 199. I ask you to share these episodes every week and it is working our listeners. Um, the, the downloads of this show have gone through the roof past this past year since we've started asking you to share. So please do share. Uh, send a link to entrearchitect.com slash episode 199, and we will change the profession for small firms, one architect at a time. Just share it, entrearchitect.com slash episode 199. And don't forget to visit the website to learn more about our free profit course for small firm architects. You can download that for free at entrearchitect.com slash free course, the Entree Architect profit course for small firm architects. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you with everything I have, that's why I do this, I encourage you to go build a better business because I know that once you have a better business and your business is thriving and it's profitable and it's doing everything that you want it to do, you can be a better architect. You can be that architect that you always dreamed that you would be when you first decided to become an architect. You need to have the business first. You need to have the profit before the art because once you develop the profit, once you develop a business that is profitable and is thriving and brings the money in that needs to, to be brought in, you can go create the, the amazing art that you've always dreamed of, of creating. So build a better business, be a better architect, then go love, learn, and share what you know. Those are the three rules that I have. Live my life by them. I want you to live by your, your life by them, and I want you to spread the word about Entree Architect. 
love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.